Hey, and welcome to the Rally Podcast. We're stoked that you're here. We hope that this would be a tool to help you pursue the presence of God, people, and the ways of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. I'm here with Nathan Finocchio, the founder of Theos U. He's a speaker, author, great man, fashion. It's, it's, it's a great to have you here with us. It's great to be had by you. Hey, we are glad that you are here. Uh, give, give me three things about you that not many people know. Uh, number one, not many people know that I am Canadian. Okay. Okay, number one. Number I like it. So I, and I'm, I'm actually not really proud to be Canadian. <laughs> okay. Um, it's cold, yep. for one. Yeah, and I don't really like our prime minister. Okay. Um, but um, number two, I am married to an Australian. That's a great country. It's a great country. Great country. I'd rather be Australian. I, well, I'm proud to be Australian. You should be. So. <laughs> I think Australia is the greatest country in the world. But in terms of like the like, it's just a beach island. It's all it is. It's all with we a do. bunch of beach people with crazy animals that Americans think think that, are everywhere. That will kill you. Exactly. Everything in Australia wants to kill you, and I kind of like that. Yep. Um, so number three, I love pecan pie or pecan pie. It's my favorite pie. Yeah. If I see it, I won't just eat it. I'll kill it. Destroy it. Yeah. It'll be. Are, are you big into sweets? Like, are you? Are you? I'm big into basically everything, my man. I, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. I'm in. A, I'm a bit of a. I'm in a dark place. <laughs> uh, that's what that was. That's what COVID's kind of been. Mm. So I'd, lo- I'd love to hear what, what do you what do you see God's doing in the world right now through the chaos and everything of 2020. What do, what do you see and what are you observing? Yeah. Um. I think that God's doing a couple things. I think that he is... So the cool thing is, like, COVID-19 is not from God, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's Satan's fingerprints for sure. The, mm-hmm. You know, like, this, this thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. <laughs> like, that's, that's not God. So, uh, but God will use... Um, um, bad things for good, if that makes sense. Or he will, he, he, it's, he like judos them. Mm-hmm. You know, like in judo, you know, like you use somebody's energy around at them and stuff. So like, that's what God's doing. He's like, so, okay, like we can't meet in buildings. Well, okay, cool. Then the church is going to get really good at online and, you know, production stuff. And we're going to grow in that area. And, and I think we are. And, um, and then we'll, re- and then I, I just think that there's, there's step after step of what are, what are some of the, cause I think a lot of pastors are having a, a bit of time to, th- to think about stuff and go, okay, like here's some gaps and what can we do to, to cause more engagement, et cetera. And, and what messages have we been, uh, what has brought about the level of disengagement that we're seeing right now? And so I think it's good. I think it's really good. I think it's good to, uh, to also, I think, you know, maybe God is helping us see what's important and what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, bringing fresh strategy um, to, to, you know, the churches and global leadership. And that's, those are some of the things that I think yeah. that... If you, if you were to fast forward and say we're in 2030 and you were to look back at, at how the church has, has grown and everything and say 2020 was a pillar for these things, what do you think some of those strategies and things, what do you see is in the future for the church and for the world out of this? I would just say that like we, the church contextualizes and ebbs and flows. So contextualization is basically like whatever environment that you're in, mm-hmm. 
you you just adapt to that environment in a in a service way. So not like so like Jesus said, we're in the world, but not but not of the world, right? Like be in it, but not of it. So, but you have to be in it. So right now we're in a world where we can't meet, where we're quarantined, where there's um, there's a lot of uncertainty, and so the church is adapting to that, if that makes sense. And we're contextualizing, and then the ebb and flow. So when things open up, and they will, you know, then we'll be ready, and we'll 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 flow to that need and to that um, to that reality of in-house and you know um, people ex- experiencing things, et cetera. But uh, so I, I think that it's like the, 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 here's the deal: like the church has always been this way. The church has always, like, there's always been crisis, mm-hmm. and the church has never gone away. Yeah. We've always been awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think the church is being awesome mm-hmm. because it's not people who are building it. It's Jesus who's building his church. Yeah. Right? So, um, so I'm sure that there will be lessons that we learned, and I don't necessarily know all those lessons. I don't know what 20, from 2030, look, you know, like, hindsight is, is 2020, and it's obvious, you know, we're always, always smarter in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I know is, you know, the church endured during every single war, every single famine, every single plague. We're not going anywhere. We've all, you know what I mean? Like we're here. Yep. We're going to serve God's people. We'll find strategies. We're being, we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is going to keep building and, you know, we'll, we'll grow from this. Yep. Jesus will keep building this church. Exactly. So I, th- I would love to ask you around, obviously the, there's been a lot of conversation about racism and, and, and racial recon- reconciliation. And, and I'd just love to ask, how can young adults particularly see racial reconciliation? Yeah, totally. So, so firstly, um, be reconciled to God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so for me, the gospel, not some, ideolo- not some, some, gospel, uh, not some ideology mm-hmm. is the fix, right? So like there's... You, all you need is the Bible. Uh, you don't need anything more than what's in the Bible for anything that ails the human heart, right? So racism and hatred is a sin issue, yep. right? And it's in your heart. So, um, so what do I need? I, so the gospel literally is the fix for it. And ethnic division isn't like something that didn't happen ever before. Mm-hmm. In fact, the New Testament is full of ethnically divided churches. Mm-hmm. Um, the book of Romans, the reason why the book of Romans was written, there's a couple of reasons for the occasion or the occasion for the writing, but Romans chapter 14 is sort of the most practical reason as to why Paul's writing to the Romans. They have an ethnically divided church because the Jews won't hang out with and or do church with the Greeks because they believe that the Greeks are beneath them and below them. And the Romans, or, you know, I'm calling the Romans Greeks here, but the Romans... Um, thought that the Jews, the Jews were pieces of trash because there had been two um, mandatory evictions of the Jews from Rome, one in, in AD 19 and one in AD 49 um, by Tiberius in 19 and then by, um, oh, it was on the tip of my tongue, um, by Claudius in 49. So there was an anti-Semitic um, atmosphere that was very overt in Rome. And so when the Jews came back, their church had kind of been ruined because the Romans had sort of taken it over. So long story short, it's like things like this. Um, Augustine was an African uh, bishop and he had an ethically divided church. 
uh, between the Donatists and the ruling class. And he wrote this incredible, um, he had to pastor um, the churches in Northern Africa through ethnic division. And so, so, so what am I saying? I'm just saying that this thing has, it's in, it's, it's in the two, in the New Testament for, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, so how do we do this? Well, we figure out what the righteousness of God is. The righteousness of God is Jesus Christ. I'm reconciled to Jesus Christ. And so, you know, that means that God's forgiven me for everything and he, still, he sees value in me. And so I'm, I'm re- I've received a ministry of reconciliation as well. So I am to be, I'm reconciled to God by the, by the work of Jesus Christ and I'm reconciled to my brother by the work of Jesus Christ. So, um, so do, am I living the gospel out? Right? Like you can't give gospel until you've received gospel. So the first step to racial reconciliation is realizing that you're a dirtbag mm-hmm. and God loves you still. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, and really, really, like, I, I feel like one of the issues is that some Christians think that they're owed God's love and they're not, there's nothing wrong with them. Mm. And that's where a lot of self-righteousness and airs of superiority begin to seep in. So the more I think maybe that we can uh, uh, define sin. You know, talking about sin's good. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you have sin. Here's the sins that you have. Yep. You have pride as a sin. You know, like, maybe talk about the, the disease. Mm-hmm. And then people, wow, they see the mercy of God. God, thank you so much. I think as you grow older as a Christian, you see more of your sin and your yep. brokenness and your fallenness. Young Christians are like, Jesus loves me because I'm cute. God, you're not cute. You're <laughs> yep. disgusting. Yep. My, my, one of my favorite gospel ideas is that passage from Isaiah 58, I believe, um, where Isaiah is just like, you know, our righteousness is like dirty underwear. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, like literally in the Hebrew. It's like, you know, we, the King James translated politely as filthy rags, yep. but it's literally dirty underwear. So it's like your best day, your goodness is just dirty underwear. You're like, here, Lord, take it. God's <laughs> like, what I got. not, I don't want to take it. Thank yeah. you. Um, so... A, 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 re, a revelation, fresh revelation of God, man, I am a dirty, rotten sinner. Oh, wretched man that I am. You know, but God, you've loved me. Mm-hmm. And so, Lord, I thank you today that, you know, you look at me through the eyes of love, but it's not because I'm cute or I have all of my stuff together. Mm-hmm. It's because you love me. And so, God, so then that, that's a humbling, right? And then, so gospel received, then I can love people who... You know, maybe I stop seeing other people as, as if I'm superior. Now you, you have a, a self-realization that, man, like I'm actually not that good. Yeah. You know, and it opens you up to the fact that maybe there's some sin in your heart mm-hmm. or there's some hate in your heart or there's some prejudice in your heart and that you think that you're better than other people and, and stuff like that. And then you can be, whoa, God, Lord, forgive me of that. And Lord, I thank you that you love me in spite of my wickedness and the sin in my heart. And so, and so then you begin to, extend gospel to other people. That's great. So the minute, so the fix for racism is the gospel. The gospel. Yeah. Always is. Mm-hmm. And so in, the, in that line of thought, if, if you were to be sitting down with a young, young adult today in the current climate of culture and everything that's going on, I'd just love to hear from you any warnings yeah. to a young adult, any caution and any encouragement that yeah. you would have. Yeah. So the war- my, my warnings would be... Um, Study up on what critical theory is. Mm-hmm. Um, critical theory, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of good activists 
And there are some bad activists. Um, by good activists, I mean people who are gospel-centered and they're standing up for communities that are hurting. Um, and there are activists that they come with a whole ideologies that are not gospel. You know, and if you don't buy into them, you know, like, um, for example, um, you know, I think that there's some concepts, like, for example, assuming that every white person is a racist, you know, and, um, and white people could only be an ally uh, of minorities um, if they're doing X, Y, Z. And if you don't, you know, do X, Y, Z, or if you vote for Trump, you're a racist or stuff like that where you demonize people um, entire groups. So it's kind of like this ideology that you can fix racism with racism, that you can fix prejudice with more prejudice. So I would caution young people and just go, hey, you know, um, not every white person is a racist. Um, not every, uh, you know, and I would, and, and not, and white people, not every minority is, you know, X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? It's like, so be charitable to one another. Be uh, love believes the best, and and it doesn't mean that you're blind to stuff. You know what I mean? Like, so I would caution on on that side, and just like kind of pump the brakes. Don't believe everything that you read. You know, like there's some yeah. books out there that are helpful. There are some books out there that are downright anti-gospel, mm -hmm. and they're not going to cause reconciliation. They're just going to cause further ethnic division. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of what I'd say, and then. Um, I would just say, um, you know, look in your circle and in your friends. And um, I'd say, like, are you living this out? So, are you, you know, maybe you're a super virtuous person online, you know, like, and you're like this social justice warrior online and you're like virtue signaling to everybody just how anti-racist you are. But like, do you, like, do you live it? That's great. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you, do you are you loving, do you have friends who are minorities and like they've, they feel like, you know, that there's genuine relationship there. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, or you just like trying to virtue signal, mm -hmm. you know, because I think that's one of the issues. One of my issues right now with our generation is that everything has to be online. And if it didn't, it's not online, it didn't happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> if you didn't put on Instagram, you didn't eat it. Totally. Exactly. And it's like, you know, well, I put a black photo, you know, on Blackout Tuesday. So I'm not a racist. And I'm like, dude, that's. <laughs> yeah. You think that, you know, your black friends care about that? Mm -hmm. Some of them will care about that. But you know what they really care about? Like, that you listen, that you love them, that you show interest, that you, you know what I mean? Like, so, um, so I'd, I, would, I would say, you know, stay away from the, that, that kind of virtue signaling stuff and be a Christian, dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> be a Christian. Live it out. That's the fix. The yeah. fix is the gospel. Mm -hmm. The church is amazing, dude. That's I think beautiful. that the church is beautiful because um, Paul said that the church is the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God is that people who should not be united are totally united, mm -hmm. right? Like it's the wisdom of God. I think when the demons look at the church, they're confounded as to how unified we are. Mm -hmm. They look at our church and they're like, how could these people love one another, believe in one another, support one another, but they have so many differences. Mm. And that's the wisdom of God on display Beautiful. to the powers yeah. of darkness, right? Beautiful. H how do you hear from God? I think people are asking questions. If God feels silent, where, yeah. where do I look? How do I hear? Yeah. Um, wh wh what would you say to that? Yeah, totally. Um, so God's always speaking mm -hmm. all, all the time. He's just not always speaking about what we want to hear. That's great. 
so guaranteed that God is saying 50 things to you today. Like 100%. But once again, they're not like, we're always looking for the guidance and we're always looking for the things that are on our mind. Mm -hmm. But God's saying things that, you know, typically like, you know, God's saying, um, God speaks a lot through my wife, speaks through. That's true. You know, you know, like, hey, like, um, you know, you need to do this. Or, you know, like, hey, we need to spend some time together. You know, like, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, so like God puts people in your life and, and God speaks through his word. And, and so, I, you know, the, I feel like the Holy Spirit convict me of things and say things to me. Like, so I sense, you know, God's speech, but sometimes I just kind of, it's not what I necessarily want, mm-hmm. want to hear, if that makes sense. So yeah. I believe that God's always speaking. The reason why I believe that is because the Bible says that he has so many thoughts towards you that they're more than the sand that can be counted. So he's always, there's no silent seasons in God. There's just seasons where he's not speaking about what you want him to speak about. That's great. Um, so, the, so the way to hear from God is begin to read the Bible, ask the Holy Spirit to, to speak to you and to highlight things um, both through his word and, and throughout your day. Yep. You know, like the, uh, the proof, one of the proofs in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8 talks about how God's not given us a spirit to fear, but a spirit, um, spirit of adoption. And so the spirit of adoption is basically uh, a spirit that makes you cry out to your, to your father. And the sons of God are people who are led by the spirit of God. And so like God could be leading you all throughout the day. If you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I want you to just speak to me and, and talk to me today and just lead me today. And you just try to quiet your question, like your, your agenda, and then get on his agenda. You will sense his, his uh, I like to call them imprints. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, like when you put your hand on your, on your leg and then, you, and then you lift or like on your arm, this is probably yep. a better one. And then you can just see like an impression. Yep, something was there. Yeah, and you can ju- you just get these little impressions in your spirit and God will speak to you and he'll lead you um, 100%. So yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. Read the Bible. Be in, re- in relationships with, with people that God's really, you know, your parents, wife, friends, and then asking the Holy Spirit to do it. And, and you will... I'm telling you right now, you will get too many God thoughts. It'll be a lot of God thoughts. It'll be good. That's awesome. Yeah. So in a world full of noise, people are talking, people have opinions, people have thoughts. Uh, What would you say to someone who's trying to stand strong for their faith? Maybe they're going off to college and they're hearing a professor, maybe trying to deconstruct their faith. Or or what would be your advice to someone to stand strong in their faith in a world that's speaking of many different thoughts and opinions? Yeah, I'd say um, make sure that you have stuff coming in that is, so check your input, right? So if you aren't inputting Christian thoughts and God thoughts, uh, for example, you know, in a a university, I'd be reading, I'd make a, I'd get a reading list of books that I should read as a Christian, you know? So Nancy Piercy has a book called Total Truth. Mm -hmm. Every student should read Total Truth by Nancy Piercy. Uh, C.S. Lewis has a book called um, Mere Christianity. Yep. Uh, G.K. Chesterton has a book called um, The Everlasting Man. Uh, Ravi Zacharias, Lee Strobel, uh, 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 I think it's called uh, uh, Case for Christ or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. You know, so I ju- uh, Tim Keller has a book called um, Reason for God. Yeah, brilliant. And um, so those are books that I recommended to, you know, my friends who I have a, I have a couple of friends in their early 20s that I 
you know, I'm a, I'm a resource to them. Um, and those are some books that I've recommended to them. And um, so, like, make sure, that you're, make sure that you're inputting, you know, thoughtful material. Yeah. You know? And so along that train of thought is, is what are some really deep divers? Say, say young adults are hungry to grow and learn and definitely can read and, and, and think that, but how, how does community help shape your development and what are some practical tools you'll give to someone uh, to help grow in their theological understanding, biblical understanding? Maybe they've been reading, they've been reading the chapter of the Bible uh, once a week or, or how can someone develop and grow in their spiritual depth and understanding? Yeah. So humans are made to be influenced by the community that they're in. Mm -hmm. You are literally designed for it. Human beings are like, are like existential sponges. That's what we are. Like, there's, God designed you that way, okay? You're not made by accident. So that's why being part of the community of faith is so important, is so that you are sponging up um, the presence of God, uh, the words of God, um, the love of God, you know, interactions from people and spirit words from people. Um, and so it's everything. And um, if you're not, like if, if I started hanging out with five guys who all golf, I, I, chances are I'm going to start golfing, even though I suck. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm right there with you. If my best friends were all like, hey, we're, we're bowling every, every day this week. I'm like, frack, here we go. You know, like, <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, yep. you know, like one of your friends gets into Fortnite. Dude, I'm playing for, uh, Fortnite till my eyes bleed these days. <laughs> Right? Like, yep. and it just ebbs and flows. Ping pong, you know, like we'll get on a ping pong thing and then it'll be bing pong. Ping, 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 ping. <laughs> right now we're playing um, uh, late night golf. Okay. You know, like we got these glow in the dark LED balls. That's amazing. It's, it's insane, dude. And we're all hyped on it. That's just amazing. loving it. You know what I mean? Like golfing in white claws. You know, it's like whatever your friends are doing, you're going to do. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's a no brainer, isn't it? Right, like so. If if your faith matters to you, and um, and you're designed to 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 you know as an existential sponge, well then put two and two together and make sure that you're getting some time with the people that you uh, need to be getting time with, and prioritize commu like community, right? Prioritize small group, prioritize hanging out with you know your Christian friends, um, and then I would say take an honest look at the reasons why you're not, if you are. If you're, if you're not, it's probably because, you know, you just, you know, there's some things inside of you that, you know, you, you want to do drugs, you know, or you want to, um, you know, hang out with some idiot guy and date him. You know, it's always a relationship. It's, you know what I mean? Like, don't, yeah. please don't, please don't be that person who, like, you know, like, do not chase some girl into some loser club where people don't love Jesus. Yeah, that's not Do look. not chase some loser dude who doesn't love Jesus, and then you start hanging out with his friends, and then next minute, you're like, you know. Not a good place. It's not a good place. It happens like that. Every time. In college and university, because you're so, like, you get lonely yeah. at college and university, and you're just like, oh, you know, like two weeks in to, like, your, you know, university, and you're like, oh, I need a man. <laughs> it's like, no. God. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, for someone who, who's wrestling uh, with thoughts around the Bible, um, one, is this thing real? How can I trust it? Why does it matter? Yeah. God is a person. He's not an impersonal cosmic force. And as a person, he wants to be known, just like everybody wants to be known. Mm -hmm. And so God wants to be in relationship with you. And so th that's why he's 
written the Bible. He's written the Bible because he is a person. God is a person and people talk and they want to communicate. They want to be in a relationship. And God wants you to get to know him. And he wants to be known authentically. He doesn't want to be known. My wife hates it when I say something about her that's not true. Um, she's like a she's like a four wing five okay. on the Enneagram. Yep. She's all about authenticity and truth. And yep. this is what she needs to be understood. She's living in that for, place. Totally. <laughs> and so I'm a I'm like a three wing four. Yep. You know, I don't care about like who you are. I just let's just get the task done Make it and happen. let's win. And I want to be famous and successful and rich and powerful. You I'll, know what I mean? I'll like like at any expense. My wife is a four. Like she's like. It's all about truth and being your true self. It's a great marriage because she's always checking my motives constantly, right? hundred (laughs) percent. So obviously I'm, I'm caricaturing here. For sure. Um, But am I, you know, so, (laughs) (laughs) so, so God is like, he's like, he's like a four wing five. He's like my wife. He's like, he doesn't want to be projected upon. He wants to be really known and he hates not being known for what he's really like. And so the Bible is your chance to know what he's really like. He loves it when people get, get him. He loves it because people who get him trust him. People who see him, you know, they, they, they love him. They, people who see him, um, God just, there's something that happens when you understand who God is. There's something that clicks, you know, and it changes your life. And so the Bible is your opportunity to really get to know God for who he really is. Um, if that makes sense. And so that's why the Bible is so, so important. It's the way to get to know God. You can't, if, if you're not using the Bible to get to know God, you're using something else to get to know God. And what you're probably building is a false God. Mm. So the Bible is the way, just like, you know, if I'm not talking to my wife and finding out, babe, you know, what do you like? You know, like what shows do you like? Yeah. You know, I like Friends. Friends is horrible, you know, but... <laughs> But you like friends, okay? Like, what else? You know, like, yep. so, um, you know, do you want to create some sort of God? And, and, and you know what happens in relationships is when you start to relate to somebody and they're not like that, the relationship just breaks down. Yeah. You know, so that's, the Bible is really important because God wants to be in a relationship, but he wants to be known accurately. It's beautiful. So in a world where we've got access to really great content, you've yeah. got, got great teaching online, YouTube videos, you've got as much resource on deck as you want. I'd just love to hear your thoughts of, of why does the local church matter um, and, and why is being planted in a local church matter? Or can you go off to the beach and ride away and call that church? Right. I'd just love to hear your thoughts around that. Yes, yeah, so I believe that the church, the church is a gathering of, of priests, Okay, um, and there is a mystic element to church that we sometimes miss. Um, by mystic, I mean that for some reason, God shows up in a corporate gathering in a different way than when it's just him and me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Him and me, that's good, right? And, and that's actually unique. God shows up in a different way when it's just, does that make sense? But they're, they're different experiences and expressions of God's presence. But for some reason, there is like, a, a, a good illustration could be like, um, where the grapes are, the wine is, okay? And there is, a, there is a, a real, when you look all throughout scripture of 
encounters with God, some of the most powerful encounters that we see are in the corporate gathering Mm -hmm. where God really shows off, you know, in that way. So I would just say that firstly, um, there's a unique there's a unique experience that is available to every believer who gathers that is not available to people who will not gather, number one. Number two, the Bible says, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, mm-hmm. right? In Hebrews chapter 13. So the Bible says, don't do it, mm-hmm. okay? So obviously God wants you to gather because he wants you to get all of him. And you, I, don't, I do not believe that you can get all of God and what God has for you if you don't gather, mm-hmm. Okay because you're not getting that experience, that corporate experience, right? Uh, Number three, part of that is probably because you don't see, you have blind spots, and that's why they're called blind spots. And when you come to church on a Sunday morning, somebody else is preaching, and they're probably going to say stuff that hits your blind spots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, So not only is there a presence factor, not only is it is an, is an obedience factor, but it's also a hearing God factor, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't see me in the Bible when I read it. I see you in the Bible when I read it. Mm-hmm. I see your problems. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When That's I read so book, book of Proverbs, I don't see my issues. Yeah. I see yours, and then, I, and then I'll text you it. You know, hey, man. Got this word. Just got a word for you, <laughs> right? Does that make sense? Yeah. But at, um, at church, I'm being exposed, like, it's church, like the preached word is a mirror, and people begin to break it down and apply it. Ooh, there are some, you know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, you're a priest. And probably this might be one of the most important ones. The priest or the believer, I don't th- there's, there are things in the, as, as a priest that you actually can't do outside of the corporate gathering. And so when you see Hebrews chapter 13 and you see Peter write, write about it, and the context is always corporate, you know, bring the sacrifices, uh, you know, don't forget to, you know, offer up the sacrifice of praise, right? Was, okay, you can do that at home, totally, you know, and then don't forget to do good, you know, and share what you have with others, et cetera. And then Paul calls the, the money that was shared, um, you know, that was a, a sweet-smelling sacrifice. And, and then Peter says that we're called to offer up spiritual sacrifices. And so uh, a priest ministers to the Lord and ministers to others. And so when you come to church, you know, you're not supposed to come empty-handed, because you're a priest. Mm-hmm. So you bring something and you give it to the Lord. And then as a priest, you minister to others. A priest ministers to the Lord and ministers to others. How are you going to minister to the Lord and minister to others, you know, by yourself? You know what I mean? Like, so yep. as in bringing your tithes and your offerings and giving to the Lord and then ministering to other people, mm-hmm. you know? But in our consumeristic, materialistic, individualistic society, we think that church is all about me, 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 me. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just kind of here for me and I'm here to be fed. Where really you come to church to be a priest and a minister to the Lord, right? So it's actually not about you. It's about him and his. And so um, to me, if we can recover that, we can ingrain that in people, right away people will see, yeah, totally. This whole online church thing um, is, is, it is situational. And it is an exception to the rule. The exception proves the rule. So, yeah, okay, like, it's kind of like, you know, can I go to church and, you know, what if, I, what if I'm in traction, in, you know, in, in the hospital, you know, like, and I'm in a cast? Well, totally, you know, like, obviously, like, you're, you're in the hospital, so yeah. church will come to you. Yeah. But when you get better, you go back to functioning principled life. Yeah. 
and that's what the church is. So I, I, I love the church. Yeah, and me too. It's, it's, it's beautiful. So in, in regards to biblical authority, I would love to hear what is biblical authority? Uh, does it matter? And, and how would it apply to us today? What do you mean by biblical authority? Be, being having authority and, and like spiritual authority, everything in that regard of, okay. of having covering, essentially. So, um, yeah, so we basically... Um, when you look at really, really good players, uh, uh, golf golfers, basketball players, like the better they get, the more coaches they get. Like they have, they will have a coach for everything. Mm-hmm. Have a shooting coach. They'll have a workout coach. You know, like they'll have a very good coach. <laughs> oh, everything. Yeah, like all these different coaches. Yeah. Um, for different parts of their game, for different, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you, we need to think of spiritual authority that way. It's like God wants you to be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And so that's why God gave gifts to the body mm-hmm. for the equipping of the saints, right? So God wants you to grow. And he wants you, he loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much for you to stay this, the way you are. So he, there's coaches out there um, that can help you grow into your holy calling and be a better priest, basically. So that's what spiritual authority, that's how spiritual authority works. Spiritual authority works like, like how mom and dad work. Mom and dad love you and they want you to grow and be the best version of you. And without parents, it's just, it's Lord of the Flies out there, you know, and we're, we're killing the fat kid and we're eating him tonight. Yep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so so that's, that's what I, you know, when when pe- when, when when in our Western world, when we think of authority, we think of, um, you know, I don't need that. I can do it myself because I'm individualistic, you know, and authority is just like somebody's trying to jip me and, you know, be king of the hill. Um, and we don't see it the way God sees it. So as a Christian, when you look at spiritual authority, you go, wow, you know, like this is God's way. So God's way is different than man's way. Mm-hmm. So maybe authority in the world is different. But here, it, you know, like, this is God's way. And so um, and that's why our authorities and our pastors are so much different than the authorities in the world. You know, they're, they're gentle and they're kind and, and they entreat us and they don't lord it over us. Um, but we, we don't, they serve us and uh, like a loving father and a mother, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, I'm thankful for the, the spiritual fathers and mothers I've got in my life and the co- covering. Um, so to kind of pivot the conversation a little bit, let's talk about sex for a moment. Yeah, let's do it. Um, uh, and so I would love to hear from you. There's, there's an array of conversation around sexuality and everything in that regard, but I just want to ask blatantly, what's the big deal about having sex outside of marriage? Yeah. So the big deal is this. So, so God invented sex, mm-hmm. right? And he thinks it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing, right? Sex is like fire. You know, it's like, man, fire's the best. You know, like you cook with fire. You want, I've been watching Survivor. Okay. So, um, so like when they get fire, it changes the game because they yep. can cook with fire, they can boil water, and they can drink clean water. Um, and then they can be warm at night, if that makes sense. But without fire, man, they're just miserable. They're cold. They're soaking wet. They can't eat. They can't eat, drink water sometimes, and they can't eat. So fire changes everything. But, but I remember this in Australia. 
season two, mm -hmm. there's a guy who fell asleep because he inhaled some smoke or he, yeah. he knocked out and he went, his hands went into the fire. Burned those hands. And he burned his hands and his flesh was all just hanging off of his hand. It was disgusting. <laughs> and, um, and that's sex. Sex in, you know, in its safety is incredible. But outside of its design, it, it really wreaks havoc on people's lives. Um, now, um, you know, and, and, and it, it causes all types of, of emotional and just lifelong destruction. Mm -hmm. God designed sex and he has, he's created a boundary for it and that boundary is within marriage. And so um, God knows what he's doing. He he knows the ultimate. Uh, he he knows the ultimate sacrifice, but it's like it's like that enjoyment isn't just for us, if that makes sense. And so, it's for it's for our family and our posterity, and it's made as glue for relationships and stuff. And so, so some of these like I could sit here and I could like <clears throat> I could go down all the ethical reasons why not to have sex outside of marriage. I could tell you that. 97% uh, of people who uh, don't break the law uh, get a high school diploma and don't have a kid out of wedlock can break this course of poverty in America. Like 97% chance. If you just do those three things, you'll never be in, po in poverty. Um, I could tell you that, yeah, like sex, like, you know, people have kids out of wedlock and it just, just, destroys, it's basically, and just ask anybody who's had a kid out of wedlock mm -hmm. how that's going for them. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's a tragedy. Mm -hmm. Love those kids, we love those people, but that's not what they wanted. Yeah. You know, like, and so it really, I know so many, uh, my mom had a, a child out of wedlock when she was 16. She gave him up for adoption. Uh, it, it really messed my mom up, mm -hmm. you know, and she still deals with it to, to this day. Yeah. Um, that's, just one, that's just one aspect of it. Um, so I could go down this list, but at the end of the day, sin is always rooted in this idea that I know how to make me happy and God doesn't know how to make me happy. Mm -hmm. Right? The root of sin is God, you know, it's rejecting God as creator, Romans chapter one. And God as creator, he knows us and he knows how to make us happy, but we reject that idea. Like some of us, we believe that if I really go after God, then... You know, it's going to be about as fun as Scrabble on a Friday night, with, you know. But um, God's going, no, I, I know you. I know how you tick, and I want to make you happy. So just trust, just lean into that. Yeah. And, um, and if you'll obey me, then I think that this will work out better for you. I really do. Mm. Um, so we just need to lean into that. And even if we think, well, it's actually going to work better if I have sex with a thousand people. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, there's some things that God just wants you to, to obey him. Mm -hmm. They don't make sense, but you just, look, just obey me. Just trust me on this. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's about, it's, it's about obeying God at the end of the day. Yeah, it's great. And so for people who maybe have, have struggled with, with sexual sin or, or maybe the, there's been an addiction to pornography, but there's this deep desire, man, I want to I chase after God. I want to pursue purity. Yeah. What, what's some advice you would give, give to someone who, who's maybe struggled in the past, maybe currently struggling, but there's a desire to, yeah. for it to change? Yeah. So I would say that this game is like, it's, so firstly, if that's your, your heart, like you're pure now. 
You right. know, like by the sin, by the by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, your whatever's your past is your past. Come on, man. So in this moment right now, you are pure. So you yep. can start now. There are some people who, you know, like you've had a crazy past, but but right now you could just go, okay, God, like I'm just gonna follow you, and you're you, you can live pure. It's kind of like golf. You're only as good as your next shot. You know. Yep. So hey, this is your next shot. Today is today. So why don't you make a decision today? Maybe phone a friend, text somebody. Hey, man. I want to go for this. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to really. I want to try to honor the Lord in this season. I want to honor the Lord in my relationship with my girlfriend. I want to honor the Lord in my relationship with my boyfriend. Man, I want to just. Can you just like? Can can we just check in every now and then? Because I've been struggling with pornography and and like yeah like dude I'm like, I'm getting killed over here. Mm-hmm. Can you help me out? Let's get a strategy in place, man. Yep. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, that's great. So it's just beginning to put some some steps in there yep. to help your fight. Yep. And get really practical. The thing with with uh, with with battling sin is you always need others, and you always need a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you need to get really practical. Yeah, that's that's great, man. I, 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 it's it's been so encouraging to me to having conversations with with many young adults recently that there's the desire, and and it's time to get practical totally. and, and grow together. Yeah, the desire it's so good. Mm-hmm. I, I they people want to serve the Lord. They <laughs> yeah. want to please God. You know. Yeah. But it's just getting your butt into that into that space that's really practical and finding what works for you. And oftentimes that's all it is. That's awesome. You know? Well, we're about, about to come to, cl- come to a close in a moment. And I, and I just want to um, touch on one more topic um, uh, around mental health, um, anxiety, depression. It's, it's obviously, there's many people struggling, challenges with it. And I'd just love to hear from you, from your heart, any advice and any, any encouragement around anything in regards to anxiety, depression, anything in regards to mental health. Yeah. Um... Yeah, mental health is is uh, a lot. Of, a lot of people struggle with it. I've struggled with it for for years. The last two and a half years has been like a crazy mental health journey for me. Mm. Um, and uh, I I went and seen a psychologist for about a year. It was fantastic. Yep. Changed my life. It's it. I I went last year and okay. the same thing. So yeah, it, it's life changing. Yeah, it's life changing. Mm-hmm. And some of some some of us sometimes we feel out of control, mm-hmm. and it scares you. And um, you can feel these different emotions or whatever. Um, and uh, it's okay. It's okay to, like, you know, nobody rebukes you because you get a cold or, you know, like, what, what do you do when, you, when your eyes are blurry? You go get your eyes checked and then you freaking put some, put some glasses, glasses on. on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you don't sit there and start praying for your eyes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Casting demons out of them, yeah. right? Like, go get so, that test. Exactly. So I think you can be super practical with your emotional and mental world. Mm-hmm. And um, some, there's some people that probably need some glasses, you know, and some pe- people may need like some years of just some good talks and working some things out and, and um, getting really practical. Co- uh, cognitive behavioral therapy is, is what I did for about a year. Um, I didn't take any medication. I didn't need to. Maybe uh, I was offered it, but um, I... I thought, you know, I could probably just do cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm, I'm glad I stuck with it because med- medication can um, can sometimes be, uh, you know, so, some some people definitely need it. They need to take medication. I have some friends with bipolar, and they need to take their medication. And they're 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 just so normal when their brain has the right balance. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, but for me, uh, they were just offering me, you know, stuff like that would calm me, like Xanax or whatever. And I'm just like, I want to work through this stuff. And 
Um, so they taught me different breathing techniques and different mind techniques. And uh, it changed my life for sure. And I'm not 100% yet, but I'm like 70% and it feels so good. That's awesome. Man. Yeah, I'm not like not having panic attacks anymore. And, uh, you know, I had to do some hard yard stuff and learn how to meditate. Because I'm like, I can't, like I'm like ants in my pants kind of guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so learning meditation and slowing down was like horrible. It's awesome. But um but that stuff has worked. So if you need help, please get help. And, and some of you, you might like be so scared and you think that things could never get better. But that's just a lie. Mm -hmm. And go out and book an appointment for a psychologist. If you think, man, I think maybe I need to deal with some of this, you know, stuff or I'm having some anxiety or whatever, dude, do it. Yeah. I have a friend who recently just did it. Um, and it's the same thing. He was just like, dude, I should have done that so much sooner. I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's a game changer. Yeah. I, I was texting my wife even last night of, of my, my mom passed away a couple of years ago and even just, again, some grief coming up. And I was texting, I said, I, I need to go back to the, a psychologist yeah, and just good. continue. And I just think it's so important we continue the conversation and do it in community. Yeah. Um, so lastly, man, I just want to open it up to you of any, any burning encouragement, final last thoughts to, to a young adult today and, and any thoughts and we'll, we'll finish it there. Yeah. Stay planted in a church. Build your life around the church. Build your life around the kingdom of God. Like, like make that your obsession. Realize your, your priestly calling and live and walk that out. And whether you're a doctor, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a traveling carpet salesman, you know, like just make the kingdom and the church, you know, your focus. Um, and I would say, um, I would say just protect your heart, you know, and, and the church is, and your relationships and the people that you've, you know, this is the safest place to do that. You only get one life. And so you don't have to, you don't have to screw it all up and, you know, why not, why not do it right the first time? Come on. You know, so, so stay, like, uh, stay in the safety of Christian community and um, keep short accounts with God. You know, when you mess up, just, you know, next minute. God, I messed, I messed up. Okay, just did that. So stupid. You know, don't be like six months later, hey, God, it's me. I know we haven't talked in a while, <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and there will be no room for your mind or the enemy to mess with you if you'll just, God, I made a mistake, you know? It's awesome, man. Well, I would just love if you could pray for us as we come to a close. This conversation's been amazing. I'm so thankful that you could sit down and have a conversation with us. Um, so yeah, man, thank you. Cool, my pleasure. Thank you, Lord, for New Spring and the team here and, and Father, every young person. God, I ask you that you would just strengthen them. Yeah. Um, Lord, I pray that you'd lead them and guide them. Um, God, I pray that the season that they're coming into would just be so much fun that they'd just enjoy your goodness and your grace and your mercy. And um, Father, that you would ground them um, Lord, I pray that they would be, there would be a desire in them to begin to get involved in, the, in church. 
serve in, in places of church, serve and uh, just get involved in doing kingdom things. Yeah. I just ask you that that would be a fresh desire. Like even just like, who knows, like getting involved in the parking lot, you know, or just finding play, ways to get involved because I, Lord, I know that like serving with your people and being involved, it's, it, it's like it does something. And so God, I just ask you that you'd ground them, um, surround them with the right people, lead them not into temptation, but deliver them from the evil one. God, yours is the kingdom the power and the glory. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining the Rally Podcast. We hope it encouraged you. We'd love for you to be part of the Rally family. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and YouTube at New Spring Rally so you don't miss a thing.